Welcome to The Lens, hosted by Catalysis, where we get a glimpse inside healthcare organizations that are transforming to a culture of improvement to deliver continually higher value outcomes for patients, staff, and communities. Visit createvalue.org for more information about Catalysis. Welcome back to The Lens. I'm your host, Peter Mariahazi. Joining us today is Elizabeth Howe. She is the Director of Performance Excellence at Duke University Health System in North Carolina. Recently, Elizabeth shared a process that Duke followed to introduce a workflow redesign and digital integration that was part of what they called their digital front door, which was a really cool concept. This effort was developed to streamline the patient intake process. And Duke Health, as one of our Catalysis Healthcare Value Network members, is always gracious in sharing with and learning from the Catalysis community. Elizabeth, Thank you so much for joining us today. You know, please share a little bit about yourself and Duke Health. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here with you today and to share a little bit of our journey at Duke Health. To start, I've been at Duke since 2006 and have worked in a variety of roles within our operations. I spent almost 10 of those years working at Duke Primary Care, where I was introduced to Lean by Heather Marstiller who really led the grassroots lean journey across Duke Primary Care with support of our Chief Medical Officer and Chief Operational Officer at the time. During that time, I served as a health center administrator for one of our model cell clinics and then had the opportunity to move into a network role as a lean improvement specialist. In 2019, Heather's work officially spread to the rest of the health system, which was timely as it it certainly aided in our pandemic response but also challenging because the management system, improvement system, and work systems were very much still in their infancy as the pandemic hit. Heather now serves as the Vice President of Continuous Improvement for the Duke University Hospital, and I have been supporting our multi-specialty ambulatory clinics as the Director of Performance Excellence for just under a year and a half now. Fantastic. So, Elizabeth, let's let's get the, the listeners along with us, can you describe the concept for this workflow, this redesign? Sure. The concept of our work was truly rooted in the need to think differently about our team's daily work so that we could reduce our dependency on our current staffing models due to the huge disruption of staffing gaps that were really creating an inability to care for our patients and our care team the way that we historically had. Our providers and our care team were becoming even more stretched than what we saw during the pandemic, and it was clear that our workflows were largely unchanged and that we needed to do something different. For example, we were seeing that registration intake time was exceeding the time of the actual scheduled appointment, um, and that was a huge challenge given that we were also short-staffed in many of those front-end roles. So we were challenged to think differently about how to support our teams and our providers beyond what we had done up until that point. Great. So, so are there any other problems you're trying to solve with this initiative as, as you talk about the you know, digital front door and the workflow redesign? Um, we were aiming to solve several problems through this work. The first is that we wanted to reduce our dependency on our current staffing models, which had been unchanged for a considerable period of time. And I want to be clear, the intention was never to lay off or reduce force, but instead seek to understand how we could be more flexible with the staffing vacancies 
that appeared to be um, on, ongoing. We were not going to be able to recruit our way out of this hole. We needed to look at our work differently. We also wanted to reduce the burden of our current care teams by making the work more enjoyable and less monotonous where we could. Next, we wanted to reduce data entry for our clinical team members. At the end of the day, if there was anything that we could have our patients consider doing at home digitally, we wanted to enable that. We wanted to provide our patients with a digital care experience that they were demanding after seeing other service industries change. Our patients were seeking that we engage differently with us, and we frankly needed to engage differently with them. We did this by looking at where we could have our patients complete registration and intake components at home digitally before ever arriving to the clinic. Fantastic. So, you know, and, and, it, and it's great how you, you said you kind of use the voice of the customer, the voice of the patient is how they want to engage with you. So um, one, of the, one of the concepts we always talk about is, is having a team to develop and implement the process and the workflow redesign. So who all did you include on the team to develop and implement this process? That's a great question. So our performance improvement team was integral as was our IT team. And when I say IT, that really expands multiple entities. We have our digital strategy office, which is a part of um, IT, our um, device deployment team, our group that oversees um, the registration IT components of Epic, but we also need to include multiple um, components of our operational team. So the folks that oversee the ambulatory practices, several folks that actually do the work were involved in addition to our registration team. So um, really it required us locking arms across multiple groups to get this work over the finish line, which is not necessarily over the finish line because we're continuously improving it. Well, you know, that's a great way to put it. I love that because, the, you know, it's the, one of those things where it's continuous improvement. So you're always working on it, but you, you've got that start of the design and you PDSA or PDCA it all the way. So what what were the metrics and outcomes you hope to achieve with this redesign? What, what, what were the results you were looking for? Sure. So I think we had three different buckets of metrics and outcomes that we were hoping to achieve. The first was really reducing the process time of our registration and clinical intake steps, which would overall reduce our um, cycle time. So if we could reduce the process time, then we would be able to make an impact on overall cycle time. We wanted to make sure that we were improving our team member and provider experience as well. I think this is the first time that I've seen the technology and the digital work really become a people strategy versus an efficiency strategy. And so I think it was just as much just as much of an importance for us to make the right work easier to do than just making it more efficient. And then last but certainly not least, we wanted to see an improved patient experience and improved patient satisfaction as they engage digitally with us. At the end of the day, if we weren't able to achieve that, then they weren't going to utilize the workflows um, which would impact our ability to be successful. You know, Elizabeth, when you when you did the presentation, the sharing session, you specifically called out a pause and reflect step. And, you know, how did that pause influence your movement forward? It was huge. We engaged in the rapid improvement event to better understand the barriers that had prevented this technology from scaling in the past. We leveraged the voice of the patient through that by um, seeking our 
seeking support from our patient advisory council and a virtual Duke Health Listens Council where we were able to get feedback from thousands of patients to better understand why they were struggling to engage. We also wanted to make sure that we understood the barriers from the operational team. Where were we struggling to deliver on that promise of the digital front door? And we sought to understand the concerns and goals of the different work areas and align the entire group towards a shared goal of redesigning the work in a meaningful way versus just standing up the technology and expecting our patients and frontline teams to make it work. And I think that is a really important thing to call out because this technology is not new. We were leveraging existing technology, but each of those groups that I mentioned before, IT, registration, operations, each had different goals as it pertained to that technology. And so with this step of pausing and reflecting, we really aligned those goals so that we could truly redesign that technology around the needs of our patients and operations. That then enabled us to reduce the demand on our frontline team, which then enabled us to redesign the work versus trying to do it backwards. That's fantastic. The ability to really bring it all together and everybody to say, hey, here's what I'm learning. Here's, here's my perspective. And, and that's, that's the important part of the team. So what specific parts worked as you expected it to when you first laid it out? Sure. So a lot worked as expected, but some there were definitely failure modes along the way too. But And we have ways to go and are continuing to learn. Um, the work did work as expected in terms of that we've seen a reduction in intake time. We've seen a reduction in registration time. But it is clear that we've also optimized the existing technology to its peak performance. And we have identified the barriers that are impacting that performance in addition to the barriers that are impacting our um, self-arrival via kiosk rates. We'd like to see them higher than they are today. But I think that we have PDSA'd our way um, as far as we're going to be able to without investing in um, some new technology, which we are in the process of planning for for our upcoming pilot this summer. So you mentioned it briefly, but okay, so Again, in the world of lean and continuous improvement, we want to learn from our failures. So what were some of the failures and, and what did you learn from them? For sure. So as I mentioned earlier, much of the technology that we have been using for this has been in place in some form or fashion since 2017, but never fully scaled across the enterprise. And a big part of this was because we weren't taking into consideration the actual needs of our operational teams, providers, and patients. But instead, we were trying to stand up the technology per an ethic roadmap versus figuring out how do we truly integrate it within operations. Additionally, our efforts were never aligned because, as I mentioned before, each group had a different set of goals and objectives and aligning those in addition to really trying to understand the needs of the customer, both the patient and the folks doing the work was the biggest learning that ultimately allowed us to um, fast track some of the results we've seen over the past year. So Elizabeth, in your presentation, as you developed this, you went through and categorized specific activities, you know, when I looked at the presentation into three buckets. Talk about those three buckets. What are they? So these three buckets will likely be very familiar with this listener group. Uh, we identified which parts of the process were truly value added. 
in understanding and questioning every single step along the way. If there was an input that was not being used downstream, we seek to eliminate it. And that's how we've been identified that we had non-value added worker waste very much embedded throughout the process. We have um, had a historical um, approach of kind of belt and suspenders. We add, 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 and then forget to take away over time. And so there is a bit of over redundancy that we had the opportunity to address through this work. We also had non-value added, but necessary processing too, that we knew we could not eliminate. And so being able to figure out with that, is there a way to reduce the frequency? Is there a way to make it more bearable? Um, just based off of different regulations that healthcare organizations are continuously faced with. Um, so we had a lot of waste and redundancy, and we really sought to remove that and really skinnied up the process, um, patient facing and staff facing. And so if we think about some of our digital questionnaires, if there were questions that were not going to be addressed during the time of the visit, we were seeking to remove those questions to make it a more efficient and valuable experience for the patients and the care team. Wow. And it's, you know, I, I keep hearing the analogy of, you know, oh, we run these 30 reports every week. And then when you look at, you know, and follow up on who really reads them, all of a sudden you can eliminate 26 of them because <laughs> they're really not, Correct. like you said, they're built over time. So Elizabeth, share some of the results. You, you've kind of hinted at it, but some of the specific results from implementing this redesign. Sure. So I want to be clear, we have done this specifically in our Department of Orthopedics and are working before we do a widespread scale to really remove some of the barriers that we referenced earlier. But in the Department of Orthopedics, patients that have undergone um, the digital workflow, which is completing e-check-in and doing e-intake at home via my chart, we have seen a 40% reduction in processing time for registration and a 50% reduction in time for clinical intake. And that really allows us to think differently about our staffing models and what we're asking our care teams to do. Particularly with the clinical teams, most of that data entry is happening in, in the chart before they even bring the patient back, which means that they are able to take vitals and then leave the room, which is a very big change from the amount of data entry that they were typically doing before. Fantastic. I mean, it just, again, with, with all of healthcare dealing with some of the staffing challenges and, you know, all this, the finding ways to become more efficient and help the staff really perform at their highest level is key. So, all right. So we've got, you know, hundreds of listeners, they're listening to Elizabeth and they're going, boy, this sounds real. We, we need to do this and they need to start it. What, what do you, what advice do you have if they want to start some kind of redesign like this? I think in reflection, and again, highlighting the fact that most of this technology we've been trying to roll out since 2017, but it never never stuck, organizational alignment really must be in place. And so if you think about that group of stakeholders that are required to make this work, everyone needs to have a common set of goals and a shared understanding of what the objective is. One key um, area of support for us was very much in an implementation mindset of we're just gonna get it done, we're gonna get the technology deployed, and there was never any built-in structure to pause and reflect and assess, is it working? Is it being used? Do we need to optimize before we continue to roll out? And I think 
if I were doing this again, or if I were doing this from the start, I would make sure that there was a built-in point to pause and reflect and understand, are we achieving our goals or are we just putting technology in a waiting room somewhere? Are we really meeting the goals or are we just turning on a bunch of questionnaires for patients that are never being used by the care teams? I do think that it takes a little bit more time to plan in that phase, in, the, in that case, and to really understand the needs of the team. But I also think that this could be done with speed if those things were done in advance. That's, I, I like that. I mean, to schedule, if you will, a toll gate to let's pause and let's think about this and let's get together and talk about, okay, what have we learned? How have we de- what's our, how are we feeling about this? And, and wh- how can we move forward in the most effective way? I got to believe that it's the, you know, go slow to go fast and far, you know, that, mm-hmm. that you got to pause. And if you don't, you're just kind of on a treadmill going. So Elizabeth, any final thoughts you want to share with our listeners? I think the other thought that's important to share is the importance of engaging your patients, the consumer, the folks that you're really depending on utilizing the technology to yield the results that you're trying to see in operations. We had a good analogy that actually came from our patient uh, patient group and we sought feedback from them as we were trying to seek ways to improve the utilization of our digital workflows. And it went a little bit like this. They said, you know, we're used to doing check-in in advance of flying on an airplane. But at the end of the day, even if you check in online, the plane still leaves at the same time. And they were looking for an experience where if they checked in on time, that the, the full experience was improved, that they weren't then waiting in the waiting room for an hour after checking in online. And so it's really advantageous to make sure that you're looking at this throughout the full value stream so that you don't have the additional waits and delays. Otherwise, patients are going to think, well, if I'm going to have to wait in the waiting room for half an hour, I might as well spend half that time checking in. Um, And so you really have to think about how to deliver what's in it for the patient. It was clear to us what was in it for, for us and for our teams, but we're never going to be able to achieve our ultimate goals with this unless we're able to demonstrate what's in it for the patients. Thank you so much for that airline analogy. People know it and, and, and immediately came to mind is making an online reservation for a restaurant, for a table. You make your reservation and you're waiting another hour for the table. You, you're like, why did I bother? I mean, that's, and so I love that analogy. The plane leaves on time anyway. So you've really taken it from the perspective of the patient and, and their experience as well and made sure that was incorporated and considered part of it. Elizabeth, Thank you for sharing with us again today. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Peter. And I want to thank you all for listening. It's just marvelous to have an audience and listeners. If you have any suggestions for us or topics you'd like to hear, please email us at events at createvalue.org. And if you want to learn more about rounding out your knowledge of lean improvement in healthcare, visit us at createvalue.org. We've made available our white papers that are free for download, articles, blogs, of course, this podcast, information on other resources that can help you and your organization on the journey to transformation. Thank you for listening. Visit catalysis.org to learn more about catalysis and how we can inspire you to accelerate change in your organization.